Hi, Shweta. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, sure, Shreya. My pleasure to be here. Um, so, hi, everybody. My name is uh, Shweta Kochar. I'm a partner at a company called PKC Consulting. Uh, I am a, a chartered accountant by qualification. Uh, I worked um, with uh, KPMG very briefly and then with a company called McKinsey and Company in their Bombay office. I was a strategy consultant with them. I developed my love for consulting at McKinsey. I worked with the great colleagues and decided that this is what I wanted to do for the longer term and hence set up a company uh, called PKC Consulting, which was focused more on, uh, which we focused more on process consulting. And uh, I have had a ball of a time running this for the last six years, uh, living the dream that I had when I was much younger, um, 21, 22, that uh, I will transform family businesses in India to, to you know, become um, to scale and become global businesses. So it's been a fun ride. Uh, sure, Shweta, thank you so much for the elaborate description. Uh, can you please talk more about what PKC does and what was the journey of starting PKC? So what PKC does um, essentially is uh, help people dependent organizations become process driven companies uh, that can scale to 5x, 10x, uh, and maybe even more. Uh, and this, uh, so that's precisely the service. Now, what this um, uh, essentially means is that um, before we launched, before we started this, we didn't, you know, we we did some market research where we understood that family businesses uh, typically reach a certain scale and stagnate after that because structurally. Uh, there is an owner, you know, there is the sons or the daughters of the owners and they drive all the decisions and there is a limitation of time and hence they can only scale to a certain extent. So our vision was to help these family businesses uh, go global, become global, Indian family businesses become global by removing the founders from operations, but still giving them so much control on their business using data. So it doesn't matter if the owner goes to the office or not. He knows everything that's happening in the business because on his mobile, he gets all the data for the business. And for that to happen, a lot of the things in how the business operates needs to change. Uh, it needs to change from, okay, people make decisions to, uh, you know, the, the owners make decisions to employees becoming empowered to make decisions. It needs to change from things that are happening manually to now a software getting integrated, data going into the software, uh, and uh, and decisions being taken based on the data, right? And also needs to change because another important component in this is in family businesses is that second generation, third generation has started to come in, and these young smart people want want a digitized way of working. And uh, when we say digitized way of working. Uh, it's not enough that uh, one buys a software alone. A software is only of use when the company starts operating based on data and reports from the software. Otherwise, there is no point implementing a software, right? Definitely. Software is simply garbage in, garbage out. Uh, so uh, one of the services that we enable is actual integration of the software into the company. So we help select the software and 
uh, and put in the right processes so that the right data goes into the software and the right reports come out of the software and the, the business entirely can be managed then based on data. Okay. Uh, so this is what, yeah. Sure, please, please carry on. Yeah, in terms of use cases, there are very, actually very, uh, very interesting use cases for this. Uh, one, uh, you know, one, one example that I can tell you is, um, is, is of uh, companies that want to go into IPO, um, that want, or let's say in 2025 or 2030, have the vision to do an IPO and hence they are aggressively scaling their business. And for that to happen, they need to make sure that their operations are ready for scale. By operations, we mean all the departments in the company, all the employees in the company, they need to be ready to take on that massive scale, right? Sales needs to be uh, geared to, uh, you know, multiply pretty quickly. So for these kinds of companies, um, you know, we touch uh, from purchase to manufacturing, to technology, um, to finance, you know, HR, administration, sales, dispatch, all of it, and set the right systems and processes so that if there is one store today, one plant today, and that becomes 10 plants also, just using a copy paste of that same system process, the business will run beautifully. Customer satisfaction will be at the highest. Product dispatches will happen on time. Uh, margins will be intact. So that's one use case, simply multiplying the business uh, by making sure processes are in place. Another use case is where uh, second generation has started to step in, second, third generation, and they uh, are smart, you know, smart kids. They probably don't have the experience of uh, their fathers or their grandfathers or, you know, hopefully grandmothers or mothers who were also in the business, but, uh, but have the smartness to learn about the business using data to say, okay, this, uh, this part of the business makes more money uh, or the cash flows are getting drained out uh, because of this. And for that, they want a digitized way of working. Though They don't believe in the pen paper style of working. They don't believe that owners may need to make all the decisions. They want to scale uh, pretty quickly. So when the second or third generation comes in, they usually struggle to bring that culture change. So that's, that's exactly what we enable. Uh, so usually the second generation would bring us in and we would convert this very manually run company, you know, owner driven company to becoming a, a company that runs independent of owner involvement. So that's another use case. Uh, there's another one where companies know they have to digitize, but uh, they don't know which software to go for, or they bought a software, but are not able to use that software effectively. They're not able to get the right reports and data from the software. That's another use case. Okay. Yeah. So Shweta, you also mentioned previously that when you were 20, when you wanted to start a business, and mm -hmm. McKenzie in a way gave you that platform to start your own business. Yeah. Can you please walk us through the journey of how things came together that enabled you to start PKC? Uh, sure. So for me, um, what McKinsey gave me was uh, the fact that I love consulting. Um, that I enjoyed solving challenging problems. So for me, it was pretty daunting initially, right? At 21, 22, uh, I would be sitting in a boardroom with, let's say, the CEO of uh, you know, Sun Pharma or CEO of Ashok Leyland or CEO of any of these large companies. And those, you know, those renowned personalities, uh, CEOs would listen to 
you know a strategy or advice that uh, we as a team would be giving so it was pretty daunting to me at um you know at that point i would even wonder why are they even bothering right of course mckinsey comes with a you know mckinsey comes with its own great uh you know great um uh you know great advice and uh, all of that right but still uh, we were young people executing executing that on ground and i would wonder why they would even you know bother uh, but i realized that yeah but what i realized at that point was that it is the structured thinking and the outside in perspective which which ceos value uh and you know understanding of the market being ahead of the curve which ceos valued and that gave me immense joy it gave me immense confidence i remember i was all of um, you know i had freshly passed out of ca i was 20 or 21 and i was presenting to uh, one of these ceos uh, if i remember right it was mahindra finance that i was presenting to very early on so i said oh i love i love the challenge that this brings it made me it made me really push myself uh, i would be you know shitting bricks the previous day of doing it but then the joy of doing things like this was uh, outstanding to solve problems which these companies haven't been able to solve for you know a decade so that's where i built it uh, so that gave me the foundation and the knowledge that i actually like it and then thereafter uh, uh thereafter uh, i made the shift from mckinsey to starting my own because of a few reasons um a entrepreneurship is just too much fun there is no boundary for what how much one can do uh, there is no structure we build our own structure we are our, uh, say so that is it was i thought it was too much fun um it also gave me a lot of diversity there was no strict role right at the beginning i remember i used to do everything at the company i used to um uh, i used to be the hr i used to there was no hr at all in the in the firm right back in the day at pkc right i used to be the hr yeah i used to be the one you know taking the client calls when somebody would call on the office board line inquiring about something i would be the person attending it um so from doing everything to today of course today i say i have the luxury of just choosing what i want to do right i do the fun stuff and then we have people to do everything else we have very very good people leaders in the company to do everything else but it was very exciting for me that i was um that i was doing so many different things and discovering which parts of it i really like um and the other reason that i moved from mckinsey to doing it on my own was um at mckinsey at least back in the day uh, when i was there about 11 odd years ago Uh, was that uh, we would give advice so in a boardroom we would go show a very fancy ppt it would have some 30 50 slides uh, and we would give okay this is what uh, this is what a company let's say sbi or hdfc needs to do for the next 5 years you know to really double its profits or triple its profits we give them a very fancy presentation uh, but we wouldn't necessarily be involved in implementing it okay uh, and we wouldn't even know sometimes uh, especially because i was junior there of course many of the you know partners at mckinsey would know what happened um, but i wouldn't have the visibility into what happened right we worked so hard uh, 1 am 2 am tak humne night after night night after night wo slides banayi aur uske baad what happened to that no clue so the whole satisfaction i felt like the consulting circle didn't complete for me we gave advice but was that great advice no idea Okay. So I said, PKC, we are going to do it differently. 
we will give advice, but we will also implement that advice. So if we're doing an engagement for two months, the advice would only be for three weeks. Five weeks would be to implement it and to see if that, you know, that takes the company in the right direction and what is the result of that advice. Okay. And Shweta, what are the major challenges that you have faced in building PKC so far? What were the challenges? Um, there were, uh, is a, her, every day is a challenge. Right. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, right. I know how much of a fun we have had. It's been that many challenges also. Um, I faced a lot of, um, you know, a lot of rejection. Um, I, you know, in different ways and forms, um, we, we work with, you know, sm- we work with smaller sized companies, right? hundred crore, 200 crore kind of companies. That's the market that we serve. And, uh, there I faced rejection in terms of, you, you are, you know, so young, we have been in the, they would say, and then they'd say, we've been in the business for more than your age itself. Right. What will you advise? Me? Why should we pay for your advice? Right. Uh, what will your team implement? Your team is so young. And to break uh, that notion, right? And of course, today we have worked with 1500 clients. We have about 100 professionals working with us, um, right? We have broken that barrier, but it was very difficult to break that notion, right? We have, we even today, we have to prove ourselves project after project, project after project, um, you know, to, to, to keep the brand and the goodwill uh, alive. And um, the other issue, I think the other big challenge was not underestimating the difficulty of being in a family business. So there were other people from the family who were involved in the company. And I think many people in India are today joining their family businesses. And many a times we don't realize what we are getting into. So that was a big challenge for me in terms, in the terms of my vision was very large and different compared to the family that um, uh, you know, that I was working with, um, at every okay. stage, yeah, at every stage, um, you know, I would be doubted upon, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what credibility I came from. Uh, I would literally tell them that people, um, you know, when, when I, when I started this with the family that I would get outside offers that, uh, you know, that would pay me uh, more than what I was making at the time. Uh, that would trust me more. So, you know, head of strategy roles for multinational companies, CEO office roles. So those were coming through. Those people were willing to trust me. But people in the family, they always think you're the child that, right, that doesn't know it. Definitely. And this is a big problem, right? The older generation thinks they know it all. And the younger ones, what do that's the right, that's the mentality. Um, so I think that for this, um, for this, the alignment of vision is very important for the second for whoever is coming in, right? Anybody who's entering a family business today to trust themselves that they are, uh, you know, they are uh, their vision is right, and to get everybody on board with the vision uh, is is very essential. Because while the older generation may have the experience, uh, the younger generation also has a lot more exposure and a bigger vision several times. Nice. Uh, yeah. 
and yeah struggles keep continuing yeah i mean i used to feel like uh, when i was an employee i used to interview i used to prepare uh, and today as a founder i feel like i still i still get interviewed right and people who people who want to join us as senior leaders sometimes i wonder if they are interviewing me or i am interviewing them definitely <laughs> so also shweta to apart from just keeping on marching forward and trying to push the barriers and move beyond them do you have any strategic inputs also for people in similar situations like what can they do differently that will make the journey shorter sorry sir i didn't get this question so uh, like as you mentioned that initially you faced a lot of rejections from clients because all of them were older than you and they had been yeah. in business for years equivalent to your age so yeah. apart from just the pure fact that you kept on moving ahead and trying to push things forward are there any strategic inputs or that can that you that you can give to people that might shorten their struggles okay yeah uh, there are a few tangible things uh, one is one is a clear communication of the vision many a times many a times people don't uh, trust a younger person because they feel that the younger person doesn't know what he's saying or he has not seen enough but if the younger person takes the drawing board and says this is my vision for the company um, i want to make it let's say a billion dollar company or a million dollar company and this is my path to it and these are the five ways i'm going to take it i i understand these two ways and these three ways i know i know i don't know yet but this is my method to figure it out that clear communication gives a lot of confidence to the to the older generation right and also um, the 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 fact the younger generation saying that i don't we don't know these few things but leave it to me i am going to work um and sometimes even taking out some capital right to say that if um, i want to try this new thing in the business then give me a capital of let's say 10 lakhs 1 crore 10 crore right whatever it is that the scale of the business is at give me this much okay and okay um and within that if i succeed wonderful i will 10x this money but if i fail your risk is only so much now after this don't ask me any questions so just separate it out i think is a great idea so one is clear communication of the vision two is to 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 put a maximum downside to the risk to say even if we lose itna hi hai na now leave it now i will show it to you right that is another way by which the younger generation can build confidence third and i think it's a very very important point is i think that anybody young right getting into business um it is a good idea to spend some time working with other people before uh you know before they take the leap because many a times business can become a one way street right once we get in um right one just can't get out and hence take some time to really under, to work at several companies or at one company to work with founders who inspire you to try different things uh in the position of employment and really discover what is it that excites a person and that gives that person confidence and also the family start to trust ki ha isne dekha hai he has successfully okay. been promoted multiple times in an outside company he comes with his own income he is not dependent on the family business so tomorrow uh, you know he comes with his own credibility and the the person entering also knows that uh for me the family business is not the end right if i don't have my way i always have a corporate career option 
So I don't have to worry very much. So that enables also risk taking, right? Definitely. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, if my only income is from the family business, uh, and I'm not allowed, you know, to try things, so people don't trust me in the family business, then I have no option but to stick with it. But when I know that I have an alternate, right, a successful career that I can make outside of the family business, then that gives me a lot more boldness and risk-taking ability in the family. Okay. And Shweta, so, what is next in the pipeline for PKZ? Uh, we have um, we have many interesting things going on. So our vision is to build uh, a global process consulting company that enables mid-sized companies to become to become large companies in a short span of time. Right. Okay. So that's the that's the core problem statement that we solve. And to do that, um, we we are expanding uh, our locations. We used to be a single location company. Sometime back today, we have four, and we are setting up our fifth office. We have um, doubled the size of our team uh, in the last year and a half, and we are making um, you know more senior hires, leadership team hires. Uh, another interesting thing that we are doing is reinventing the business model. of consulting right some people um some you know some people find it difficult to, uh, to take a big consulting bet uh, okay. you know they find it okay find that okay consultants could be you know expensive they may not deliver what they promise uh, why should i make this you know investment with them so we are converting this model also into a monthly model where people can you know pay small amounts and still see the results if not in 2 months but in a 12 month period but the risk that they take in the initial months in terms of payments are lesser uh, we are also doing a do it yourself model where we teach them how they need to do it and they can do it and obviously the costs of those are much lower okay and shweta i also told that you are a mother also so how to navigate between being a mother and also running an entire full fledged consulting business um so i think this this one is um uh, I, i i actually have a very big problem with how mothers are portrayed okay. on social media uh, on social media uh, right because the, it scared me so much before i had my own child um i was so reluctant to have a child simply because of what i saw being spoken of of mothers right if a mother will have you know 10 hands and one will be holding the food one will be holding the baby and one will be holding a laptop right you would have seen those images right yeah. or how a mother her hair is unkempt and she has no time for herself and um, right and it really scares people who want to become mothers they think that they have to give up either their career uh, or being a good mother and both can't you know be done very well um right having said that it's not to say that a uh, parenting and being a woman in business is easy it is definitely hard there is no doubt about that but i think that there are uh, several ways to make it easier than it than it seems um and for me a few things that have worked and i think it's different for every mother uh but for me a few things that have worked is um building a support system right openly communicating with family and friends saying hey i'm you know i am deciding to have a child and these are this is where i will need your help uh will you are you willing to you know step in 
So, uh, and also to trust that support system, right? Even if people are willing to step in, I've seen mothers are not willing to let go. They don't trust right. anyone else. With right, them. right. So uh, the, the need to let go, that's one important thing. Another is, um, I think that children are like a clean slate. It's a clean blackboard. And whatever we draw on it is pretty much what the child becomes. So a lot has a lot that has worked for me is um, to actually set boundaries for the baby, uh, for my daughter, in the sense that uh, um, she very early on, I actually got into full-time work, um, my regular, you know, 12 to 13 hours uh, of work, almost 50 days when my, when my child was 50 days old. So that's pretty much a month and a half, two months old is when I started full-time work and I was uh, still pumping and, you know, feeding her. Um, so it was very round the clock. But what that helped with is, um, is putting the boundaries for the baby to know that, okay, even if mama is not there, um, right, I love mama the most and she loves me back uh, the most, right? So not, and I used to travel very early on two, three, when, the, when she was two, three months old. So she knows that um, I cannot be clingy. I have seven, eight people and I'm okay to be with any of those seven, eight people. Otherwise I have okay. seen babies that will only sleep with their mother, that will only sleep with their father, right? So the child understands that I have to be with anybody. Uh, any of these people, I will be safe and taken care of. And I can't fuss about it. So a lot is, you know, how we also discipline uh, discipline the child. She knows that she needs to sleep by herself and eat by herself. That itself is actually a big deal for a, uh, you know, a big part of the work for, uh, uh, you know, a young child. A lot of the parents' time actually goes in putting them to sleep and eating. So if a child can eat independently, that helps. You know, she knows that when I'm on office call or she sits in meetings with me, she knows she needs to stay quiet or she will be you know, sent out. So there are these things that they automatically pick up that becomes easy to have the baby around and to work. Um, I've also tried to, you know, um, converse with her a lot. <laughs> Mine is actually a three-year-old who almost feels like a, you know, sometimes a 13-year-old to me. <laughs> there. It's scary. I, I can't even begin to imagine what she will be like when she's actually a 13-year-old, a teen. <laughs> so in the sense that uh, she has proper conversations, I can have live conversations with her at this point, which is a good thing because she understands if I tell her, hey, I'm having this trouble and I need your help, she will help. She understands. Um, but but yeah, of course, it feels like she's too mature and you know it scares me to think of what she will be <laughs> as she grows up. Okay. Uh, I, sorry, Shri, please go on. Yeah, please continue. Please continue. Um, no, I mean, there's a bunch of other things that I've tried to do. Um, you know, while being a mother, I have, I, I try to, you know, spend at least an hour, hour and a half with her. And in that, I don't just play. I make sure that um, sometimes I don't give her what she wants to see how she reacts to it. So having a tough moment with her. And to see if she throws a tantrum, then talk to her about the tantrum. So I make sure that in the hour, hour and a half that I spend with her every day, I see a, uh, you know, I see a bad moment. I see a joyful moment. I play with her. I have conversations. I eat with her to see, you know, how she is. Um, is she eating by herself? Is she eating all her veggies? Um, you know, sometimes I sleep with her. So I do a variety in the time that I spend with her. Okay. Shweta, thank you for this beautiful conversation. Anything you would like to say to everyone as the closing words? Um, uh, I mean, I uh, I think that it's a very fun journey to be an entrepreneur. 
uh, as a woman, uh, you know, as a woman, not a woman, ideally it should make no difference, but but I, I, but I have gone through obviously a lot of differences as does many women, as do many women. Um, so one is the immense self-belief and getting everyone in the family on board is very important with one's vision and one's expectations, communicating clearly about the desires and asking for support, asking for help. Um, another thing that I've learned through the journey is uh, the relationships and networks matter more than anything else. So to always invest in people, good people, good mentors, you know, good teams is, is so important. Um, and, uh, and thirdly, to have fun during the journey. If it's not fun, then it's probably not worth it. Definitely. Thank you so much, Vipas. It was great talking with you. Thank you, Shrey. Thank you so much.